Welcome to a few few panel with Ava and Eric. Today we're going to be talking about 22LR versus 45ACP and talk about how I managed to upset a pack of trainees. Fair warning, this topic might ex like it might upset a few, but uh, I mean, I'm here for it. What about you, Eric? <laughs> hey, I mean, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. We're going to definitely harm some egos here. So uh, I'm here for it. Here um, for so it. before we start, though, I just want to. Okay, so there's peaches. I like the new peaches. You want to see something so sad? Look at her little tushy tail. Look, her tail has a little bandaid on it. <laughs> she's, she looks like she's like a homeless, like a little rat right now. Um, but she was like licking a certain area and I was like, what is going on? And so I just like put a little bandaid on so that she would stop. So hopefully it goes away. But if anybody is a veterinarian or has some advice on what to do, because I don't know if I can keep this bandaid on for too much longer, uh, definitely drop a comment below. And also, if you guys want to uh, watch this podcast right when it comes out, head on over to Pew Pew Panel on, on YouTube. And you will get it, I don't know, I think the editor posts it like Monday night at like midnight or something like that. So um, so there's that as well. All right, so starting off, uh, we're going to do a mail call. And Eric and I were talking before the show started. And I was like, you know, I did get, I got so much stuff from our sponsors, from like Gideon Optics, ATI Outdoors. And in the email that uh, ATI Outdoors sent us, they were like, okay, Ava, Eric, you guys should have it. Eric, you've been gone uh, this past week. So I was like, Eric, you should have gotten a box. Sure enough, you did. You probably got the same stuff that I did. Um, so why don't you go first talking about ATI Outdoors? Well, so first what I want to mention is that ATI was one of the first sponsors on my YouTube channel way, way back in the day. Like when we didn't even, none of us knew what was going on. We didn't know, you know. But you can even make <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know anything. But um, a big shout out to ATI for being one of my very early supporters on my channel. And a lot of our early videos, we did a lot of the ATI furniture. So now they do these T3 shotgun stocks. And this is a universal shotgun stock that is super, super friendly. In terms of its adjustability, length of pull, comb height, you got a nice recoil pad, and this is a universal stock that will fit about 14 different models. And I'll just give you a quick rundown of the models it fits. All of your Mossberg 500 series in both 12 and 20 gauge, your uh, Maverick 88s, of course, your Remington 870s, your Winchester um, S, uh, SXPs, most of your Savage uh, Stevens Model 320s, your TriStar Raptors, your Charles Daily 301s. Um, so... Lots of options there, and this is great for the the would be retailer as well, right? Yeah. If you run the gun store, okay, because you don't have to stock a whole bunch of yeah, no pun intended, but you have to stock a whole bunch of random stock that fit a whole bunch of guns that maybe you're not selling a lot of. This you can just have a bunch of these in stock, and you're always going to find something to put them on. So that was really smart on ATI's part, so they don't have a bunch of like dead inventories. Yeah, no, that's actually yeah, really great. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, also I was talking to ATI Outdoors and they said that this is actually their number one bestseller out of all their products. So rightfully so if it fits 14 different models. So that's really cool. That's very smart guys, yeah. If you guys want to check it out, atioutdoors.com, tell them that we sent you, uh, and say hello, follow them on social media, all that good stuff. So I got something from Gideon Optics and... Uh, it is the Judge, which I have right here. So the D uh, Judge Red Dot, although this one is uh, green, uh, three MOA. I put it on my Smith & Wesson Shield Plus. And uh, it is kind of like the Shake Awake, which I love for optics. Just because for one, I always forget to shut them off. So it automatically shuts off so that when you go to use your, your optic, it's not like, oh, dang, my battery's dead because I forgot to shut it off. But it also goes on the minute that you pick it up, which I think is great for self-defense. And like I said, this is 3MOA. Um, mine is a red dot. Or I'm sorry, mine's a green dot. And so far, I'm really impressed with it. Um, it fits pretty well. And I believe it has a 1913 uh, Picatinny mount. Of course, I've got a mediator on this PSA Jackal right here. This is a PSA Jackal SBR. We did show this one off in a previous episode, but um, 
I'm really digging this particular optic because, you know, how much I love PCCs and things like that. I mean, look, some people do not like 9mm PCCs. I love them. And I like a nice little compact optic to put on like a 9 or a little 300 blackout or an SBR. It'll keep it low profile. And uh, I do love how rugged they are and seems to be holding up really well. Uh, I still need to zero this one and shoot it a little bit more, but I'm so far, I'm really digging it. So I'm actually going to put that exact same optic on a gun that I got that is a PCC. And um, I actually, I just had it SBR'd and I was like thinking, I was looking at stocks that I could put on it because it's going to be pretty flush with, it's kind of like similar to like a CZ. Um, and so it's going to be pretty flush. Like once I put a stock on it, so I need something that's like, you know, raised a little bit. And I was like, you know what? The mediator is probably going to be perfect for that. So I'll keep you guys posted. Um, but if you guys want to check out Gideon Optics, just GideonOptics.com. And that is G-I-D-E-O-N and then optics. All right, moving on with the rest of the show. So would you rather, this was an interesting question. I don't know who submitted it, uh, but it, they said, would you rather protect yourself with eight rounds of 45 ACP or unlimited rounds of 22 LR against an ink? an angry gang of grizzly bears. <laughs> First of all, I was like, okay, eight rounds, 45. They're carrying a 1911. <laughs> a little foot over here. But um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, for one, like 45 is not even really going to do much for a bear, like to begin with. Like if it was 10 millimeter, then I'd be like, all right, then probably the eight rounds of 10 millimeter, um, even though it is a gang of grizzly bears. And... You know, so you'd have to be pretty accurate depending on how many grizzly bears. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if it's only eight rounds of 45, I mean, 22, I'd be surprised if it even, I mean, it would probably penetrate maybe their fur to like a small degree, but I don't think it would do much damage. I think it depends on how many bears we're talking. I mean, a gang could be, what, more than two, but it could also be 20. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You might be outnumbered no matter if you only got eight rounds of 45 ACP. That doesn't seem like a winning combination. Now, bears don't like noise. So if we're talking a bear that is not some supernatural creature that has the ability to reason like you or I might do, and maybe, you know, they don't think like a like a bear thinks. I mean, bears don't like loud noises. So when you're traveling through the woods of bear country and you're making noise, you know, the whole point is to be loud. Hey bear, hey bear, crash, crash. You know, you're hitting things, you're smacking trees, you're making noise because you don't want to surprise them. So we're talking about a bear that, you know, thinks like a bear. Well, then maybe one gunshot might scatter them all off and make them, make them run away. You know, a lot of the uh, Alaskan guides up in bear country will usually carry like a, a pistol grip Mossberg 500 or something with some slugs in it, just in case they actually have to dispatch a bear. But I, from what I understand, I don't think they have to do that very often. I think as long as you make a lot of noise, they'll, they'll scatter. Yeah. Now, let's just say in this scenario that these are, bears are a little smarter than the average bear and let's say that they they're not going to be dissuaded by a gunshot you're going to actually have to you know defend yourself i would opt uh people are going to probably give me some crap about this but look i'd probably opt for the unlimited 22 because in my mind if i had to i could shimmy up a tree and just help round after round into them until they until they quit you know i mean the 22 may not be the best thing <laughs> after you, but if we got a limited 22 now, I mean, they're going to yeah. pick the 22s out of their freaking eyeballs and snout. I mean, they're probably going to have a very bad day. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, clean you. You know? Yeah, I have to agree with you. Know. The skull. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't know that you were actually supposed to make a bunch of noise and stuff, but that makes sense because if you, you know, if you surprise them, then they're already angry and kind of like in attack mode. Um, or you got their cubs with them. If it's a yeah, but you kind of lost me when you said climb trees. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to climb a tree, for being honest. <laughs> I mean, bears can climb trees too. I know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Cool. You know, that's the way. I'm, I don't know. Maybe when you're when you're trying to climb the tree, that's when they get you. Yeah. I don't know. I That's think I don't know. You know what? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the eight rounds of 45. Okay. Because you know what? what? Maybe I do. Maybe I fire off multiple rounds, and it does put down that bear, and then it shows its friends what's up, and then you know 
those friends are like, oh man, this girl means business. They don't know how many rounds I have left. And, you know, and then they just walk away. Yeah. So you're going you too. I'm going with the 45. (laughs) 45 is, you know, it's a good cartridge. It's a little Hey, listen, you know, 45 and 1911 won a ton of, well, not a ton of wars, but you know, (laughs) It, it has its place. Uh, I actually just interviewed a guest uh, this week on my show who uh, said that he loved, well, he didn't love, but I was like, hey, you know, shit, it's the fan. What gun are you using for self-defense? And he did say Glock and then the 1911. He was in his 50s, though. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever tool that you're, you're you're confident with and that you're good, you know, a good shot with and you're comfortable with then that's ultimately the tool you need to use. It's just like when we discuss EDC options and people think, well, um, you know, I want to do this or this. I want to carry this type of gun, that type of gun. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the gun that is going to do you the best as the EDC is the one you're actually going to freaking carry, the tool that you're going to have, you know, on your person. I mean, if you could have all the tools in the world in your workshop at home, but you're on the job site and you ain't got it on your truck, guess what? It, it don't matter. So the, the tool that you have at your disposal and, your, and it's on your person is the one that matters. So... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, now it's time for listener questions. So this came from a guy named Maddie, a.k.a. uh, at Chase1053. Maybe on Instagram, I'm thinking. Um, So hello, Ava and Eric. Just wanted to send you a a big thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience in a way that is not strongly opinionated like like some others out there. You give your honest thoughts so our own opinion can be formed. The combination of the two of you make for an interesting podcast. Question, what is your opinion on the CZ Trail 600 and 762 by 39? Which weight ammo would be best for shooting unsuppressed up to 100 yards? I live in a gun-hating blue city, so no suppressors are allowed. Thanks for your input, Maddie. Um, I don't think I've ever shot the CZ Trail 600, but it looks really cool. Like it, it looks, I like the way it looks. Um, but that's really all the experience that I have as far as like 762 by 39. Um, I mean, I'm, I've tried quite a bit of different 762 by 39, but Eric, I feel like you would be able to answer, answer this best, better than I have. Have you, I'm assuming you've shot the CZ Trail 600. So I have a, uh, a- 527 i hope i got the right model number it's the 527 american so they did that it's a bolt action rifle they did in 556 or 223 and also mm-hmm. 762 by 39 and it's a gun that's got the set trigger you push the trigger forward and it sets and it breaks like gosh like four ounces a little bitty mm-hmm. light that trigger great gun nice and short handy compact really good iron sights walnut stock so cz has a good track record for making a solid 762 by 39 bolt action the trail is no different I've never shot the trail, but it's really just kind of more modernized version of the old school 527s and the 500 series rifles are more of a sporting configuration than getting more into kind of a, you know, competition or, or you know, a little bit more tactical mm-hmm. configuration with the trail. Uh, really cool gun. Uh, now, one thing that I'll say, we did do some uh, pretty elaborate ammo testing on 762 by 39 at one point. I bought every variety of 762 by 39 ammo that I could possibly find. We tested it in the 527. All right. And we found that with the set trigger, the best group uh, that we got was obviously with the Lapua uh, match ammo. Yes, Lapua does load 7.62 by 39 ammo and 124 grain. So I would imagine that if you're looking for accuracy, uh, the Lapua is definitely going to be a good option. Now, granted, you know, it's going to cost you probably two bucks a shot. It's not cheap. So don't think just because it's 7.62 by 39 that it's still not going to be a premium. Uh, round that is going to uh, you know command a premium price, but if you want good ammo, Lapua does load it. Uh, the second runner up in our, our ammo test actually wound up being the. Uh, I'm sure folks remember when Hornady was loading that freaking zombie ammo with the green tips on it, the Z Max. Remember that, which was basically the same as their V Max bullet, but with the green tip, and they called it the Z Max back when all that zombie crap was going on. Oddly enough. The Z-Max ammo in a 124 grain, again, that, that bullet weight seems to do really well. And the CZ, uh, it shot really, really well. We had some excellent accuracy out of that. Now Hornady has a low called the Hornady Black, and I'm pretty sure they load Hornady Black in 762 by 39. If you didn't want to buy the Lapua, that's probably where I would look. If you want to buy bulk ammo in 762 by 39, we actually found that the Golden Tiger shot the best in terms of the bulk ammo 
it, and the, the Golden Tiger wound up being the ammo that was the closest to actual mil spec 762 by 39 that we found in terms of the velocity. A lot of the tool ammo and the Wolf was actually slightly underpowered. And we found that in our testing, especially at range, when we were shooting Kalashnikovs and also AKs or ARs, rather, in 762 by 39, we found that at five, 600 yards, kind of at extreme standoff distance, that those, those rounds were not up to par in terms of the full power we were looking for. Uh, and the uh, the Golden Tiger uh, wound up having just that little bit of edge and power, a little bit more velocity, closer to uh, like the proper Yugo M67 ball. And then lastly, I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm just trying to give an articulate answer because we have yeah. done a full test on using a CZ. So it was a good question, and uh, I'm glad that I can answer this. But also the Yugo M67 ball is the, the surplus ball. Now that's some of the best food for your AK that you can possibly get. Now that stuff is corrosive. And it's, it's surplus, uh, but boy, it shoots well and uh, it's very accurate and full power. And uh, I probably would not shoot that ammo out of a bolt gun, but then again, it, it, it shot quite well. The accuracy was not as good. Uh, however, if you're looking for that power, you know, it definitely has a power factor. Just make sure you clean your rifle really well, especially the bolt face, the locking lugs when you're done, because that lacquer... Uh, off the case can get in and cake up your bolt face over time and plus it's corrosive so anything those gases might have come in contact with including the bolt face uh, the recesses in the uh, in the receiver the locking lug recesses in the receiver you want to make sure all that's really clean if you're going to shoot corrosive out of a gun like that but overall um, we found that that 527 shot everything generally pretty freaking good I mean I would say as long as you go with like a privy partisan PPU or, you know, any of your commercial brass case offerings for Winchester, PPU, Lapua, um, some of the, even the Hornady Black that uses steel case, but with a commercial projectile, we found that, that the accuracy was, was quite good. I mean, we're talking maybe one and a half minutes or better. The Lapua shot sub minute, which, you know, at 100 yards, that's pretty good groupings if you can print a, you know, three-quarter inch group for five shots with a bolt gun in 7.62 by 39, I'd venture to say for a 100-yard group, that's pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. That was an excellent answer. Mm -hmm. All right, listener questions. So this was wrote in from uh, Tyler Hennings. Ava, thank you for being an amazing woman in a male-dominant sport. My wife was never into guns or shooting like I was six months ago. She started listening to your podcast, Gun Funny, and you got her hooked. I've been watching Eric for years now, so I introduced her to Pew Pew Panel Podcast. Now all she wants to do is go shooting and learn more about the Second Amendment community. Thank you for bringing me and my wife closer. Aw, I'm a matchmaker. <laughs> Isn't that so sweet, though? I love reading stuff like that. And uh, fortunately, this has not been the first time that I've heard something similar where, you know, the husband or boyfriend has a, has my podcast playing on in the background and then like, the wife or girlfriend just kind of, you know, listens, you know, because it's just playing and then she starts to get into it. And so I would almost say that this would be a really great way for guys to get their spouses into guns or build an interest, you know, and it's kind of, you know, I mean, depending on on the episode topic or who I'm interviewing or what we're talking about. But I think that this is a great idea. And you know, I would say, Ava, that if if it would be difficult, right, to be in a relationship with a person where maybe you really like guns, but your spouse, your significant other, doesn't like guns so much. And I would imagine that would be rather hard to break that ice. And, like, obviously, you're yeah. going to want to try to bring them over to the side of liking guns. But there are many couples out there that, you know, maybe one one side of, of that equation, like, I know some people who, like, you have a woman who's really pro-gun and the husband isn't so like that. I've had a lot of a lot of couples come in and it's the woman that like maybe was raised around guns, has guns. And then it's like the guy who's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, kind of anti-gun. And so they take a class together and I don't even have to like give the woman any tips like she's got it. And I'm just kind of working on the guy. Um, yeah. So it's not always you're right. It's not always just the guy uh, that's into guns. But it's also, I mean, it's hard to be in a relationship, I think, when if you feel so, you know, strongly about something or you like something, like imagine any hobby um, and, and you know, whoever I was dating wasn't into that. Like, I don't think, I mean, consider my career. I couldn't be with somebody who was anti-gun. 
like one, I would probably lose a lot of a lot of respect for them because I would just think that they were kind of dumb to be so anti-gun. I could understand if it was just like, hey, you didn't really care for it and you were into something else, but you still respected, you know, the Second Amendment and and maybe owned a gun or two. Like you don't have to be like crazy and, and make it a huge hobby, you know, but I don't I wouldn't be able to date somebody who's completely anti-gun. I think it is completely reasonable for listen, ladies. Now look, you can take my advice, that's fine. This is just me talking here, right? But this is the way I look at it. A guy has to be able to protect you. Period. I mean, every man has to be a protector. And it's okay if a guy doesn't like guns, but he needs to know how to use a damn gun. No matter yeah. who they are. It, even if they yeah. hate guns, they still don't be able to use them. I'll admit, I did. There was a few times, a few relationships where I was the one who, close, who slept closest to the door because I knew how to use a gun better. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, this is going to go uh, to our topic. Like, men are just not like they used to be. And same with women, you know, I'll admit, like, there's a lot of women that are becoming fairly manly and maybe even myself included. And so it's kind of weird how we're, we're sort of switching roles, but we'll talk about that here later on. Um, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's always nice to see a relationship grow stronger and, uh, and have more in common. Yeah, there's never something that you're not going to make better by both people being able to protect themselves and run guns well. And, you know, getting oh, yeah. out an activity that can bring people together. You get out and go and shoot, hang out together, like, you know, it becomes kind of something fun, a ritual, you know. Yeah. Well, so I'll give you the perfect example. I was um, I was in a relationship with a guy who was a firearms instructor and he worked at a gun store. And um a few years back, he got a call in the middle of the night because he was the manager and the gun store had been broken into and it was like 3 a.m. And so he's, you know, the cops were like, hey, can you come down here? You know, give us like the the video footage and stuff. And so, of course, I went with him and um, these people essentially the gun store had glass, but it was shatterproof glass. It wasn't bulletproof per se, but it was shatterproof. And so these people first, they were like trying to like kick in the windows and then they picked up rocks and they were trying to like throw it through the windows and it wouldn't even budge. Then they took a gun and they started shooting at the window, but because it was shatterproof, so only like little holes, like bullet sized holes were going through it. And then eventually they, you know, just got annoyed and they left. Um, but they did manage to do quite a bit of damage and then they broke through majority of there was the entrance is like two uh two doors so and they're both glass but they managed to get through like the first glass like quite a bit like break quite a bit and anyways long story short um the cops asked him you know to to copy the footage and and get it so while we were waiting for that to copy over uh the police were like putting up little signs where every little bullet landed and it was i mean it was kind of humorous like some of the stuff that they were talking about because I was like, it doesn't even make sense. But anyways, long story short, they had to, they got another call and they had to leave because they thought that maybe it was the same guys that tried to break into the gun store. So they left my boyfriend and I at this gun store and the doors open and I'm like, who knows if they're going to come back. And yet, thankfully, like him and I, we were both armed. And then we loaded a few more guns in the gun store. And it was at that moment, and later on I talked to him, but it was at that moment that I was like, you know what, if I have to be in this, you know, in this situation, at least I'm with somebody that I know shoots really well. And then it, my boyfriend at the time was thinking that he was really happy that I knew how to shoot and that I wasn't going to like, I didn't, you know, he didn't just hand me a gun. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And if I had to shoot it, that it would actually put him in danger because I wasn't, you know, aware of like, shooting somebody you know if, if he was nearby that person um but yeah i so, recently saw a video that absolutely drives that point home so perfect right um i don't want to articulate too many points of the video exactly because you know we can't show the video because it shows someone getting shot and it's you know probably not safe for for youtube and all that sort of stuff but um basically these these two guys are arguing okay in a parking lot somewhere and of course like the typical thing is a female always wants to come up and start shoving and go no and push them away and like get in between like, you know, yeah. look at wolves in nature, right? You know, if a male wolf is, 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 you know, kind of like 
standing off a little bit against another male wolf from another pack or something like that, or if they're kind of getting aggressive, the female will put herself under his throat to protect his throat from the other wolf. Like she wants to be to, to protect the male. So women have that na- that nurturing nature. Like they would, they want to be the mediators. Like that's mm-hmm. just how I think the female paradigm, the way they think they want to try to be mediators. But in some situations you have to kind of be more in your masculine that you got to be willing to go, okay, tactically. Yeah. I want to get in between these guys, but, but maybe this isn't a good idea. Well, anyway, long story short, the lady was getting in between them, trying to separate them. Well, in doing that, the, 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 her man got distracted by that. And the other guy had time to pull a gun while, while he was distracted and he ended up getting shot and killed by the guy, the other guy, because the girl distracted the other, distracted the boyfriend long enough for the other guy to peel a gun out of the holster. Yeah. He didn't get shot, but he did. And wow. he died. So sometimes, you know, it's not always good to try to be the mediator, like in a situation. Well, for one, you should never engage in some argument. Yeah. No, I agree. There's nothing you're going to gain by arguing, getting into a street fight with somebody on the corner. You just, Eric, not. I, I just don't understand how that story had anything to do with my story, though. <laughs> well, I was like, yay, we're like a couple. We both had to use guns well. Like, we're, you know, it's almost like we have each other's back. And, you know, but I could see if somebody didn't know tactics and, you yeah. know. It has everything to do with your story because this <laughs> totally was the opposite end of you right? yeah she wasn't prepared she didn't have a gun she wasn't thinking tactically she yeah. interjected herself in the situation in a way that had a very negative outcome versus someone like you who is well trained you're gonna know okay we need to create some distance we need to make you know where's our exits where's our cover yeah. where you know you're thinking okay how are we going to survive this if we do have to clear leather what the heck are we going to do you mm-hmm. think about that logically whereby this chick was just being emotional and trying to, you know, play the mediator and not thinking like, oh shit, what if I distract him? And sure enough, she did. So it has everything to do with what you said, because yeah. that's a completely opposite end of what the danger that that spectrum can bring to a situation. Yeah, absolutely. So couples that train and shoot together uh, have a better chance of survival and are probably just more in general happier together. 100%. All right. So this comment goes, this is a comment to one of the comments that I made on Pew Pew channel, uh, YouTube. So I like my, my video lately has been so bad, the video quality. And I think it's the, what we use to just like stream the podcast. So the quality in general isn't really that great. And then like my camera, like usually I'm recording in the dark, like I don't have any extra lights on me, but Eric, you were like, Hey, why don't you put some lights behind you? Which I did. Voila dark it's all red i love how you're like green and blue like calm and i'm just like yeah fire you know <laughs> um but anyway so i i wrote i said man i need to get a new camera and or we need to use another platform to record on i continue to look so washed out and this guy vladimir the leadhead he said oh shut up eva you could have rollers in your hair a mask on your face cucumbers on your eyes and wearing a potato sack will still be a total smoke show I tried to tell Eric he needs to step it up a little because I find myself just about only watching you on the split screen. Uh, LOL. We love you guys and y'all better not stop doing this podcast. Keep the content coming, which we're not planning on stopping the podcast at all. No way. So, um, so I don't, I mean, just to, but I, I had a laugh not to just like, you know, blow some, some air up my skirt or anything, but that did make me laugh out loud when I read that and that was very sweet. And then the last comment comes from the shameless infidel. He said, I know for sure Wyndham Weaponry has closed their doors. And he's correct. The last show I said at WLRC, uh, I thought that they closed their doors. I was actually confusing them for Wyndham Weaponry. So WLRC is still very much in business. LWRC. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Um, I'm getting mixed up too. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm not trying to... uh, create any rumors and and make you guys think that they are no longer in business um but yeah it was Wyndham weaponry Wyndham. i don't think i even owned any of their stuff anyways do you own any Wyndham weaponry ars or windham's uh Wyndham lower parts kits to assemble downs with before no seem to make good parts man i've got a problem out of Wyndham. yeah yeah i think i mean that was pretty much all my experience with them 
All right. Well, now it's time for the main topic. Um, so recently, I don't know when this was. Well, I guess, well, so December 1st, so we're going on, you know, almost, almost two weeks ago. Um, if you guys are not familiar with the Gundies, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I think most people hate it, to be honest with you. It's, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, but so the Gundies has been going on for, I believe, four years now. Right. It's been four years, I think. Um, but anyway, so they always have like different categories, best of for the firearms industry. And it was created to essentially bring the industry together. But it seems like it's actually bringing the industry a little bit apart. Um, it's creating, you know, just some issues, um, especially this year. So this year they accidentally nominated or let through um, a trans man or I guess a trans woman. A woman, a man who thinks it's a woman or pretends to be a woman um, into the category most influential female of the year. And um, I don't know how many days this guy was up in that category for, maybe like one or two days. But once it was brought to the Gundy's attention, they immediately took this guy down. Then that guy, uh, Tactical Girlfriend, I think is what his name is on YouTube and Instagram and all that. Um, he emailed them. He was actually very nice about it. And he was just like, hey, you know, I noticed that I was initially like nominated for most influential female. Then I noticed that it was like taken down. And I'm kind of just wondering what happened. And they I will say they kind of gave like sort of a BS answer. They weren't really that upfront. They said that uh, there was about like 3000 nominations and that their employees had to go through a bunch of a bunch of, you know, a bunch of those nominations and there were some mistakes that that were made. Um, anyways, I think eventually they just stopped replying to Tactical Girlfriend. And he went to, he took to social media and posted about it. Of course. Which, which is fine. You know, I mean, I probably, if I was nominated in a category and taken down, I would be upset too. But, and I don't follow this guy. I, I didn't even really know much about him. Um, but it was brought to my attention. Somebody, you know, shared it with me. And of course me, I can't bite my tongue. And lately I have gotten just so annoyed with the amount of men that are trying to be women. And this is not me being as I've been categorized or, or, you know, called many times this past two weeks, transphobic. I am not anti-gay. I don't care if you're bi, I don't care what you wear. Um, I mean, I actually have lots of gay friends. I don't think I have any trans friends, but um, even I think it was like last episode, I said that I went to a Friendsgiving and I was like one of four people that were straight. Everybody else was gay. So like I have no problem hanging out with gay people. I have gay friends, um, but I I'm like I'm tired of people, you know, like suddenly you're labeled transphobic or you're anti-gay or any of that stuff just because you make it very clear that you think that like, I'm sorry, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And as somebody else, I was personally nominated for most influential female of the year. I think I've been nominated four years in a row. I've never won. And then I also got nominated for um, most likely to survive like an apocalypse or something, which I thought was funny because I'm not really trying to survive in a world that doesn't have, you know, thousand, thousand count thread sheets, as I've said before. Um, but the thing that just annoyed me is just, you know, I'm tired of men being in our sports, of them being in our pageants, of now the Gundies, like in the gun industry, where I would have thought more than anything, you know, titles are safe. And I hate to break it to people, but like, you know, again, dress however you want. But at the end of the day, like men will never be women. I don't care what kind of operation you get. I don't care, you know, uh, how much you, you know, if you legally change your name. Like scientifically, you will never be a female and you will never know what it's like to be a female and know what like us females have gone through. And as a result, this has created so much uprising. So I've gotten now death threats. Uh, people told me they gave me a heads up. They were like, hey, you know, call your local police department and let them know that there might be a possible swatting um, heading your way because of these people. Um, they've like blown up my social media, like my YouTube, they've emailed me all this stuff, just saying like the most hateful things, calling me ugly, saying that I'm afraid to lose to, you know, to this guy, which I don't fucking care. Honestly, if, like I, I'm not going to win this category. I haven't won it in the past. I don't care about winning. 
I care that there is a legit man in this category. And I don't think I'm alone with the rest of the females when I say that, like, sorry, you don't belong in this category. It has nothing to do with, do I think that you shouldn't be able to protect yourself? You know, I even said, I was like, hey, you know, to end on a better note, I do appreciate what you're doing for the trans community. I think that they absolutely should, you know, be taught uh, gun safety and they, you know, absolutely should take advantage of our Second Amendment rights. Like they have the, you know, they they should be able to protect themselves. Like their life is not less than my life. But I'm, some, never, you know. I'm never going to disagree with someone and then say, well, because I disagree with you, I think that you should be disarmed or somehow, you know, not on the same playing field as me as a person. Like I think that self-defense is an inherent human right that we all have and that we're born with and that no one can take away, especially no government can take away. No institution can take away. At least it's supposed to be that way. Of course, we see all these draconian gun laws and all these things that we see in various state level and federal level legislature that comes through. So that's a whole nother bag of apples. But when we look at it from the bird's eye view and look at it from the standpoint of basic human rights, um, you know, I, I support everyone, even people that hate my guts. And, you know, sometimes that's an unpopular opinion. Right. So many people look at a guy like me and they would say, well, you're white, you're from the South, you own guns, right? Yeah. You're obviously a prick, racist, bigot, yeah. you know, every name in the book, you know, you're transphobic, whatever they're going to say, they're going to paint you with every freaking ugly color that they can using the broadest brush, using the ugliest, most unflattering brush strokes they possibly can. They're going to try to cover all the bases and paint a guy like me to be the scum of the earth type of person. That's the MO right now of the mainstream mm -hmm. media. That's the MO of the, you know, big tech and, and everything. They hate the rural white person flyover territory guy. So listen, I understand that, you know, when someone looks at a guy like me, they probably think in my opinion is going to line up with what, uh, you know, the mainstream media and all these talking heads within the social media want to parrot about folks from the South and how we feel about things like, um, you know, all of these debates, right? But the truth of the matter is, to many of us, we don't really view it as a debate. We just view it as your choice, and we accept your choice. In the South, we accept people for who they are. You're welcome at our table. Look, I, I've had many people on my channel that there's a lot of folks that disagree with some of the folks that I've had as a guest on my channel. I had uh, Sarah Higdon on my channel and, you know, very well-known transgender person, you know, served in the military, you know, as a veteran, right? I caught a lot of flack for having her on my channel, but I feel it's important to give everyone a little bit of a microphone sometimes. So mm -hmm. the issue is that society in general just has a really poor um, ability to, to just apply nuance to every situation. You can't treat every person the same way. You have to kind of look at each situation as being uniquely different, right? But here's the thing. You know, there's some things in life that are sacred. And when you look at your your daughter, your little girl, and she turns 16 years old, what do you do? You throw her a sweet 16 birthday party. And she's going to have all her pony rides, and she's going to have every, every little thing and her fancy little cake. But you don't throw a sweet 16 birthday party for a boy. They don't get that, right? That's something you do for the girl, right? So there's some things... In life that are sacred, there's some things that are y'alls to keep and hold and to be y'alls, right? To, for ladies to, to be able to, like, that's your place, right? Not to say you're put in that place and you're made to stay there, but something that is yours, right? That's why we separate females and males in sporting events and, you know, every other type of, of thing, right? So that y'all have your little place and we have our place. And, and, and those two places can be respected in their own way and, and at, at the level they need to be at, you know? So... I think, I think it's odd that I don't know. I don't I don't know if I fully agree with like everything that you said. Like I, I don't think that we have to accept everything. I mean, I you know, I mean like sexuality, for example. I do I think that I, I don't think that um, you know, people really do have a choice. I mean, trust me, if it was me, I would have been a lesbian. It would have been so much easier to like women than men, because half the time I can't even stand men. <laughs> no offense um but you know but yeah here i am attracted to men um and, or even people that are bi you know maybe they are just attracted to a certain personality or certain attributes that that person has and they don't really 
see gender as much, but like for somebody to sit in front of me and tell me that, you know, like that a guy is a woman, I mean, that's like essentially in nowadays we live in a society where it's like we have to accept everything. Otherwise, we are labeled as like hating these people or suddenly there's something wrong with you because you're not accepting it. But like, think about this. So if somebody's anorexic and they are refusing to eat because they think they're fat, meanwhile, they're on the verge of almost dying because they're so skinny and the whole world can see like they're skinny, but to them in their eyes, they're fat. That does not mean that because that's what they think of themselves that we are required to think that they're fat. You know, I mean, I can, once again, I can, I can, you know, if you want to do a certain thing, if you, if you're a man and you want to dress up like a woman, if you want to get certain surgeries done that makes you feel better about your body, you know, I mean, I've had lip injections and I've gotten Botox. Um, if that makes you feel better, I'm not against that. But don't expect that doesn't mean that, you know, because I get limp injections that I have to ask the entire world, you know, uh, to like my lips or to accept my lips as sexy now. Most guys hate big lips or like lips that look, you know, that that get injections. I mean, for the most part, I think women just do it for themselves more than anything. So, you know, just because I do something to myself does not mean that I, you know, that the world's required to accept it as is. And I am just so full, like, I'm just, I'm so fed up with people, one, not putting their foot down. I'm, I'm fed up with the brainwashing happening at schools that, I mean, even the other day, the lady who does my, my eyelashes, which my eyelashes are fake. And I'm sure everybody knows that, like, they don't look real or natural at all. But every two or three weeks, I go to my eyelash appointment and this woman glues individual lashes to every little individual lash and it is it takes like two hours but i love it because half the time i don't have to wear makeup and it looks like i already have mascara on and like i wake up looking like this and i like it doesn't mean that guys have to like it i don't really care i like it um and it doesn't mean because they're fake i mean they're fake but i don't i don't i'm not asking the world to think that they're real um but anyway so the one of the women that works there her son who's 16 wrote a letter and left it in her car and said mom, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm actually a female and I want you to start calling me, I don't know, it's like lavender or something like that. And the mom's like freaking out, like, what the hell do I do? And I was like, honestly, I would play into it. Like, all right, what do you want to do? You want to go dress shopping? Should we get you some dresses? And like, sure enough, the guy was like, no, no, I'm not ready for that. Uh, and I think if anything, I don't think the fact, I don't think that this kid thinks that he's actually a woman. I think if anything, it was just a cry for attention. But because we're opening up, you know, these kids' minds to think like, hey, it's okay if you, you know, if you want to be the opposite sex, it's fine and everyone should accept it. I mean, I think we're just like screwing over our entire society, if I'm being honest. You know, I mean, even in some schools, they have litter boxes for for kids that identify as animals. And I'm like, at what point are people actually going to put their foot down and I did. I felt like I put my foot down and I'm okay with that. Like if that means getting death threats, calling my local police department and being like, hey, yeah, I got into an altercation with some guy who thinks he's a female and, you know, it ticked him off. And now he's, you know, maybe it puts my life in danger. Then that's what it is. That's what it takes. Then that's what it takes. I mean, I didn't get this far in the industry, you know, because I, you know, got bent out of shape about any little bad thing that somebody's ever said to me or any death threat. I mean, you know, the person, one person, they said that they wish that I, you know, had a gun cleaning accident. Another person one time told me that they wish that I put the barrel of a gun up my, you know, and pulled the trigger. <laughs> like, I can't even make up this stuff, but clearly I am okay with criticism. Um, but that said, I think, I think our world nowadays is we're all just so terrified to, um, you know, to upset one another or the repercussions of it. And I think it's disgusting. I think that more people should actually put their foot down. I think that if you really want to know who runs your society, then you need to know who it is you can't criticize. And that's the issue. A simple criticism or even just an articulate explanation of your point, just like we're trying to make here, you know, it, it seems to be met with a lot of um, dissent from people that, you know, they just, 
they they view the tiniest little transgression on their individual thought process as being some major attack, but then they want to be able to interject their opinion on you as gospel. And if you push back in the tiniest little way, then you're automatically painted as a racist, a bigot, transphobe, or whatever the case may be. Uh, look at TikTok. All right. If you look at TikTok in China, they're showing kids all like, you know, how to be manly and how to be, you know, proper women. And like, you know, they limit the amount of time that their kids can spend on TikTok in China. And then the stuff they are shown is educational. Like, hey, here's a young man exercising, chopping wood, doing chores, like showing them constructive things that actually going to you know, make them better. And then they limit the amount of time to even let them do that because they want them to, you know, consume their time performing real tasks and not having their head stuck in the phone all day versus TikTok here. Look at the difference. I know. This crazy, perverse things and, and, and complete degeneracy. Right. You know, trying to make women think that getting married, you know, I know you've seen all these videos where, you know, it's the girl cooking, and cleaning and carrying a baby and she looks exhausted. She looks miserable. And they're trying to make it out like if you get married, that you're all of a sudden going to be some slave to a man or something like that. But the truth yeah. is, what, you don't keep your house clean as a single person? Like they're yeah. trying to make it out like you're going to be some slave to someone. But, but if you live by yourself, you're going to be doing all those tasks anyway. So, they just try to paint a really unrealistic expectation about what it's like to be in a partnership or to be married or to have a traditional relationship that is more like the nuclear family. I mean, all of these incendiary things that are occurring on social media, on things like TikTok and Instagram and all these social media websites. I mean, even even X slash Twitter, you know, look, it's an open platform with lots of different ideas. But all of that stuff is being done sort of like in, in a deliberate way to, uh, you know, emasculate men. To make women not feel like women, to make them confused about who they are, to question their own beliefs, to question who they are when they look in the mirror, to even question who they are as a person, as a male or female, when that should be crystal clear, right? Yeah. To to even question what the traditional society is that they even live in. Like, what are your values? What are your morals? If you are conservative, what are you conserving? Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people who claim to be conservative, but are they really? Are they really at the bird's eye level that, that are they really even conserving what they're, do they even know what their morals and values are that they're even conserving where they yeah. came from, where they're going? I mean, you know, to be progressive and conservative in the same token requires knowing where your next steps are going to be. So there's nothing wrong with being progressive and go, okay, well, where is society going? We have to make a, we have to make a decision like how we're going to get along moving forward so that, all right, now we're going to conserve what we want to conserve. And then we're going to move forward where we need to move forward. I mean, yeah, obviously culture changes. So does laws and the way our belief systems, you know, and everything like that. Now, is that to say that our culture should change in this weird, perverse way that completely emasculates men? Oh, uh, no, because every society that has ever existed, you have to have masculine men. that are capable of protecting the tribe, right? I mean, or else you're just going to be taken over by outside forces. So when you look at the cultural war of ideas that's occurring in something like a platform like uh, TikTok, okay, where in one country, the kids are shown one very different thing. And then in our country, they're shown all this incendiary crap that's meant to tear down the entire fabric of society. Yeah. That sounds to me like a color revolution, if you will, because then what happens is now your, 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 your women don't feel like women, your men don't feel like men. And they don't even understand what their roles are in their everyday lives. Now, now add some outside forces attacking, like a, a literal attack or a literal military operation. You got to put guns in these mentally unstable people's hands and expect them to be able to defend their country. So the Chinese know exactly what they're doing with this. Okay. It's all a part of a greater plan for them to exercise what they view as some form of control or at least a, a, a propaganda warfare or indoctrinating type of warfare, a mental warfare or a, a war of ideas on their enemies. Yeah. yeah. But then also our own government is actually doing that to us as well. You know, I mean, and even like I said, public schools, like all these. And then you're made to feel bad about yourself if you disagree, you know, if you if you're not accepting of it or you're, you know, you're seen as ultra conservative and what's funny is i don't even think i am super conservative like i don't i'm actually even politically i lean very much like kind of in the middle um 
So it's interesting, but yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so I don't even know. It's, uh, I just, I felt like we had to have an episode about it just to talk about, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm just, I'm pretty fed up and I, I definitely, I don't feel bad about, you know, opening my mouth. Uh, it was actually Grantham's wife that joined me and then Grantham, of course, getting all the slack, which he doesn't care. And then, um, some other guy called country, he's a YouTuber and he was kind of funny. He wrote uh, on tactical girlfriends. He's like, man, I nominated you. I nominated you for most influential male, but you know, it just, it wasn't happening. I don't know why it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> look, I'm going to run really quick and go grab my Gundy so I can show the viewers what, what they look like. The little award thing. I'll show you real quick. Okay. So while Eric does that, um, Eric is actually up for uh, two nominations as well, which I think is um, something like top two A voices. And then, gosh, what was it? We just looked the other day because um, I actually didn't know that I was nominated for for two. Um, I think I sent him a screenshot. Hold on, let me see. Eric, what were you nominated for? You were, it was top two A voice and... What was the other one? Um, I think top two A voice. Of, so, just so. Oh, best gummies idea. So we we didn't really explain what the gummies actually is. So the gummies is kind of like an award ceremony that they have for for the gun community, right? So you know you have the Oscars, you have the, you know whatever the what's the music the Grammys, right? Grammys, yeah. the Oscar. Well, so it's a little dusty. I need the dust. <laughs> you can <laughs> say. Right. You took so, so good care of it. <laughs> All right, so you got most influential. The first year they did the Gundies, most influential male of the year, I got that award. And, of course, it's a typical narcissist, you know, doing a selfie with AR, you know, which, yeah. I mean, let's face it, when you're in the space, like, yeah, you kind of have to be a bit of a freaking narcissist, I suppose. And then this was, oddly enough, this one has a little bit different of a plaque, but got the most likely to survive the apocalypse that's what i'm up for yep so i won these two in the same year and i wasn't able to be there to accept them in person i did a little video thing i sent him a video accepting them i think no so it's an award ceremony that is for the gun industry which you know at a bird's eye level you would think okay that's cool like maybe give people yeah. recognition but just like a lot of things, just like the, the the Grammys and the Oscars and any other type of formal award ceremony. Think about it. Who even watches the Grammys anymore? Yeah, it's just it's so it's the idea is so narcissistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to have some confidence, like hey, I do what I do. I mean, yeah, like when I I got this award, I thought, okay, that's cool, like most influential male, whatever. I didn't really feel like I was influencing people that much, but yeah, vote and yeah. you know. This yeah, they all, um they get to win prizes, but I don't actually even know if it's interesting because um I don't remember like the winners being shown or like who won those those prizes. I don't know. Um but uh I mean the idea behind it is good. I do wonder how long it's going to last, how much longer. Um especially with this that this arised and I don't know. No, I mean, but... it's an interesting concept. I mean, and and look, the gun community has always felt so marginalized. Mm -hmm. About how long some of us fought to even get a place at the table with places oh, like Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like I was, I'm always happy to see, you know, that I was nominated in something, one category or the other. I think I've been like best shooter before. Um, I don't even remember what all, what different categories, um, but I have been most influential female for four years in a row, I think, but then there's always like something else, but I forget what those second ones are. Um, but I mean, again, I just, I wanted to talk about it, not to, you know, not to shine light on the Gundies or, or shine bad light on them. Um, but really just to kind of like, just to come out and say like, Hey guys, you know what? It's okay to put your foot down. And it's okay not to accept, like, you know, like, I don't want men in female categories. Um, you know, two really good um, movies that were put together was um, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, What is a Woman? Definitely recommend watching that. You could do so on Twitter. That was, that was really, like, well, 
you know, well put together. And then I did start watching Lady Ballers on Daily Wire. I didn't finish it. Uh, it was a little boring. It got like a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But I feel like the people that rated it were all like top conservatives because you have to subscribe to Daily Wire, which is not inexpensive. But if you guys want to watch it, it is available on Telegram, which is where I, you know, where I saw it because I'm not a member of Daily Wire. Um, but essentially what's, uh, you know, like the the reason behind that movie is that like these failed basketball players decide that like, hey, we can compete in women's sports and it doesn't even matter like what sport like they did like running and I don't know, let's say golf and basketball and all this stuff. And they were just winning awards nonstop and they were just acting like they were trans. And uh, so that was also pretty eye opening. So I definitely recommend watching those two things. But, you know, again, I'm not I'm not saying like we should hate you know, gay people or trans people or anyone who's different. I think that, um, you know, people that are different kind of makes up society and it makes life better at times. You know, if there's if there's a lot of um, a lot of people out there that are different, it would it would suck if we were all the same. But at that same point, where do we draw the line? And I I think that at this point, drawing the line where men should not be in the same category as women, I think that that's okay to do. So. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, you know, it is what it is. It's okay to disagree with me, but this is what I feel pretty strongly about. It's always been like that, Ava. So why change it now? Like what 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 comes around that makes that that time honored tradition, you know, worthy yeah. of, of being cast to the side over what a half a percent of people who are gonna be the squeaky wheel and wanna get the grease? I mean, I think it's unfair for us to make concessions uh, as a society for a group of people that yeah, you know, I mean, think about it. Do do we have okay, you have you know, men's sports and women's sports. I mean, what do we have gay sports? Do we I have, mean, we could like, why do don't we have, do we have black only sports, white only sports? I mean, where do you draw the line? Are we going to start saying, Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, people 30 and under or, or, you know, certain age group. I mean, come on. Like, no, we, we, we separate those, those differences as they matter as, as the rubber meets the road in front of us. So, I mean, like you're not going to have gay only basketball, Although, I don't know, maybe that could be insane. You know, like, well, I do feel like maybe with all of this, I mean, if there's more people that become trans, I mean, maybe they should have a trans category where, you know, they have trans sports or trans, trans beauty pageants. Give them their own. I mean, category. I don't know. Do their thing. I mean, what? even like you said, okay, like, you know, color doesn't really matter, but like age, age would matter. You know, but then again, I mean, it does matter. And that's why a lot of sports like most men and female don't make it past a certain age. Like once you're, you know, in your like early 40s, that's like the cutoff, like you need to retire. And that's like really pushing it. So, yeah. So I want to mention one thing real quick. Yeah, I just started lifting this year. I'm 39 and I've only been powerlifting since the beginning of this year. So I did my first meet uh, not too long ago and I have another meet coming up in February. Well, anyway, when you're in the circles of people and you're around other power lifters, you know, you eventually run into like women that are power lifting as well. And you think like, holy crap, here's this chick doing like a 700 pound deadlift or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you think, holy crap. Well, you get to talking to them and you realize, you know, they're pumped full of male hormones and human growth hormones and all these drugs. So a female can take a whole crap ton of testosterone and sure, she could build some, you know, pretty decent muscle. Like, you know, if she eats right, and takes care of her body and does all the lifting and the work. Yes, a woman can get freakishly strong, especially when she pumps herself full of testosterone. Mm -hmm. She'll also get some hair on her chest and some hair on her chin, and she'll get a deep voice, and she'll, you know, her body will change. I'm, I'm not going to say in what ways, but let's just say you start growing some things, okay? Yeah. You know, and it, and it, it can be a little, a little off-putting or whatever, but if that makes them happy, that's fine. That's something they have to accept as being part of the process. The biological fact is that a female is not going to be able to pick up same amount of weight as a male, one for one, drug free. Just not going to. So females have to turn to that testosterone in order to get their muscles to grow bigger. And they saw them do human growth hormones and trend and steroids and all these crazy drugs. They're pumping themselves full up. Okay, fine. These drugs, sure, can make you stronger. Performance enhancing drugs, PEDs, yes, can make you stronger. But it's like, holy crap, where do you draw the line? At what point is that female who's injecting all this crap 
the, the big numbers on the lift. At one point, he, I mean, now these, we're not talking, these aren't trans. These are just ladies who just want to get jacked. And yeah, they, they pump themselves full of whatever they need to. And they're not shy about saying, Hey, I'm a woman. Like, sure. I'm muscular as crap. I've done this. I've done that. And, and, yeah, I have to well, But also in a lot of professional sports, that's illegal. Like that's why they do drug testing so that there aren't, you know, drugs that are going to give people that advantage. Right. But it's just, there's a, there's a big difference between someone, you know, being trans or, or whatever versus someone who's going to pump themselves full of drugs or whatever. So I've just, I've seen that on the, on the lifting circuit and it's wild. Like, I mean, I've seen a chick walk up there and do a 750 pound deadlift, which is freakish. Like, yeah. Huge deadlift for a female. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, talk about electronic transfer. And they've been around for, well, they've essentially, I don't know how long they've been around for, but I know in the last 15 years, that's when they really started to step up their game and, you know, come to our help, like people in the gun industry, people that sell guns, ammo, gun accessories, all that stuff, because credit card companies were just dropping us left and right. And thankfully, like there are companies like them. Um, I don't know of that many companies, to be honest with you, where they do have the interest of gun companies. And on top of that, they are beating rates. So like you would think like, yeah, well, they offer this, but, you know, their rates are a lot higher than a lot of their competitors, but they're really not. So if you guys own a um, any sort of company where you're selling, you know, even firearms training. Like I got dropped a few times from different companies because I did firearms training because the word firearms were was in my company name, even though at the time I wasn't even selling firearms. And then I told my story last episode getting dropped with Chase Bank because at the time I was selling firearms. So if you want to make sure that your company is absolutely safe and that you're not going to be dropped just you know, drop of a dime uh, unbeknownst to you, definitely check out Electronic Transfer. The company is, elect I'm sorry, the website is electronictransfer.com. They should have a special link pretty soon. So um, if you're thinking about creating an account with them, maybe hold off until the next episode. I'm going to see if I can get that link for you and maybe there is some sort of bonus involved. Um, but, you know, again, if you own a company that is selling anything that is possibly regulated by other companies, uh, other, you know, merchant services and stuff, I would definitely recommend electronic transfer. Operation Choke Point, Ava, was a real doozy. And, you know, yeah, so that's, when they, that's when they started to, you know, to like really like, you know, cater to people in the 2A community because of Obama's Operation Choke Point. Right. They were going after financial institutions and trying to pull your funding, try to get them to not extend you credit, trying to get you to not get these banks to not service your account if you're a gun related manufacturer. I mean, especially um, banks like Bank of America, like they were really bad about it. And, yeah. and there was a huge scandal. It was a big deal. And, you know, when you've got the federal government pressuring businesses to set, to change their business practices because mm -hmm. of your wishes and what you want to fill the political sales of, of your doing that's a really scary situation. So it's great to hear of sites like that that are willing to, you know, remove all the crap and say, hey, we're going to process this. You know, we're going to help out conservatives. We're going to help out people who are gun owners, people who are engaging in perfectly normal activity, perfectly normal, constitutionally protected business activity. And it's yeah. just weird to think that a big bank would go out of their way to try and turn away business. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still business. And, I know. You know they're turning away business. So it's smart for them to kind of go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, wherever they left off, we're going to provide anytime that there's going to be a void in, in, in the, uh, in the industry. Someone's going to come in and fill that void. So it's great to see them doing that. And a yeah. big thanks to them for supporting the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Hopefully they don't drop us. for talking about all this, all this stuff. No, I don't think that they would, but. <laughs> well, that's why they exist because of people like that. So, you know, you have to get the word out because a lot of people don't realize like, why companies like them are even necessary and you know um it's well i mean a lot of people don't even realize that that companies are doing this like credit card companies merchant services banks anything uh that has to do with our funds i mean they are coming at us from all different you know angles and so if if they can't you know make laws that ban guns or or ban certain things then they're going to hurt us you know with our wallets
And on top of that, like, you know, that said, even if you're not, if your company's not in jeopardy, why wouldn't you want to support a company that supports the Second Amendment? And you do not have to be a gun store or, you know, firearms training. You don't have to be firearm related. I mean, you could be a florist and you feel really strongly about the Second Amendment and, um, you know, use their merchant services. So as I said, check out, check out electronictransfer.com and let us know that or let them know that we said hello. All right. Um, I think it's time to wrap up unless you have anything else to say. Um, unfortunately, listener of the week, we did not have a listener of the week. Um, no one wrote us a review on iTunes. So in order to do so, all you have to do is, um, you know, if you have a an iPhone, it's really easy. Just look for the podcast app. If you don't have it, download it, search for Pew Pew Panel, uh, click on Pew Pew Panel, scroll down to the very bottom. You'll see where it says reviews. And you can't just put like, you know, a certain amount of stars. You actually have to write a review for it to appear. And then once you do, we're, you know, we're giving away some pretty cool stuff for anybody who does that. So, and then on that note, uh, the following episodes, we have some good episodes. So Eric got his peppers in the mail <laughs> and we are going to be putting out that episode. I don't know. So the two episodes mm-hmm. we're doing next are going to be Christmas items, you know, like Christmas, like a Christmas list uh, for people that are, you know, into guns Um, and then the pepper thing. So depending on time, you know, I don't know which one will come, but that pepper episode is coming. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm looking real forward to that. So in a previous podcast, um, you guys may not know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but uh, the Life, Liberty and Pursuit podcast with Matt and I, we did the one chip challenge. And, and believe me, like Matt was, Matt was suffering. I ate one. I mean, it was hot. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like I, I mean, look, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. I feel like I can handle some hot stuff. So I'm going to give All right. it. Well, I'm just going to tell you. So the guy who sent you the peppers emailed me another email and he was like, look, tell Eric, you know, he needs to prepare himself for the cramps that are going to come. And they're either going to last anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours. It helps if you crawl into fetal position. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. And I was like laughing as I was reading this. And I wasn't going to tell you this until after you ate them. (laughs) This is a royally bad idea. No, it's a lot of things that I've done before that I thought (laughs) was a bad idea. This is is a seriously terrible idea. Why am I? I Worst case scenario, you crawl into fetal position. It's not the end of the world. (laughs) It's a pepper that is going to make me crawl in the fetal position. <laughs> what the hell are you trying to do to me? All right, look, we'll prepare some questions. I'll eat the hot peppers, and you can all have a laugh at my expense. Bye. All right, I appreciate it. And we all appreciate right, I'll take it. One for the team. All right, all right, guys. Well, <laughs> on that note, we are out of here. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up, um, subscribe either to Eric's channel or we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to Pew Pew Panel on YouTube. And then don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram. And on that note, we're out of here. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week, y'all. Later.